Hey there, good people. Welcome to Visiting Hours, a Northern Health podcast offering an opportunity to learn a little about the lives, work, and dreams of our Northern Health family. My name's Steve, and I'll be your concierge behind the curtain. Come on in and join us for Visiting Hours. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay respects to their elders past, present, and future, embracing their rich tradition of conveying information and ideas through stories and song by sharing our stories with you. We're visiting today with a one-time IT guru who realised there's more to life than just turning it off and turning it back on again. (laughs) She's got a firm belief in the power of positivity, a genuine passion for people, and a smile that would brighten the darkest of rooms. She's Northern Health's (laughs) spiritual care coordinator, Natalia Diwiani. Welcome to Visiting Hours. Thank you for having me, Steve. (laughs) It's absolutely my pleasure. Why don't we start by chatting a little about the spiritual care team, what they do, and what your role actually is as, as coordinator. So World Health Organizations, they recognize spiritual well-being as one of the four key well-being that we need to pay attention to. So there is the physical well-being, which the hospital is, is great <laughs> in offering, mm. the emotional well-being, the social well-being, and also the, the spiritual well-being. The role of our team is to offer that space, the holding space for patients, family, and staff as well to look into their sense of meaning, purpose, and belonging, Uh, especially if someone, say for an example, someone has been diagnosed with cancer, you know, their sense of meaning is, you know, turns upside down because they can't do work anymore that they love or their family, they're scared of, you know, losing their family. So the meaning in their life shifted. So we are just there as a, a gentle present to offer that space we're not asking for uh, questions. We're not wanting an answer. We just sit with them. There is healing in that, which I witness, you know, throughout the work that I do, the work that we do, just having someone that cares. And sometimes we don't even have to say anything. Mm. Just sitting in silence, in suffering, knowing that there's someone there that cares. And that sense of the holistic, if we talk about holistic care, uh, it's so important knowing that the you know, majority of patients when they ask, you know, what what's their frustration is that they feel that they are treated as a number mm. and not as a person. And we're just trying to give that space to know that there's someone that cares for you amongst the business, mm. just to have someone that sits with them. It makes a big difference. And all your team and yourself have clinical pastoral qualifications and credentials that yes. only go to help with you know person-centred care and being able to mm. zero in and actually help people with their needs. How does that actually translate on a day-to-day basis? So I actually have these referral indicators that I give to nurses because it's, it's more into their language. So we offer support to especially obviously the bereavement support. And in terms of bereavement, we also support for the maternity ward. So we offer naming and blessing ceremony for them as well. And we also give companionship and comforting presence for people who are isolated and mm-hmm. lonely and, and low mood as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also give birthday card to patients. Um, we give a birthday card to like a homeless man. 
And it is a little thing, but this man started crying because no one, no one gave mm-hmm. give him a birthday card. And sometimes we forgot it's just a piece of paper, but it means so much mm-hmm. for him. So it is the little things. Those that little we, things yeah. that really make the biggest impact and, and can start somebody on the road to recovery. And and obviously the ritual people are already aware of that we can help in terms of uh, contacting uh, faith ministers to come and offer ritual. Right. But we are more than just religion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's it. It's it's a it's a it's a very wide uh, scope of care that that the unit's actually giving. Yeah, I think it's important. People need to remember that everyone has a spirit, whatever that looks like, <laughs> and the relationship between you know when when someone's spirit is down, you can see that it will impact on their physical health as well. We we need to remember that to offer the holistic care is that we need to remember that part of the. The spiritual well-being. Yeah, well. it's an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, so we, I was just saying that spiritual care is probably the only, uh, <laughs> yeah, the only discipline where the patient can say no, and that we're okay with it, because you know, other discipline they needed something that the nurses need the blood. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone needing something, and often when I go into the room, you know, they said, you know, what do you want from me? And I said, I don't want anything from you. So spiritual care is the, probably the only domain where where a patient or family member or, or staff even, that they are the one that holds the power and where their voice are empowered. When you're in the hospital, sometimes we forgot that they are more than just their illness, that everyone is stripped away from their identity. I'll talk to you about, you know, how everyone wearing the same uniform, you know, everyone sitting in the same bed, you know, there is no characters, there's no identity that, you know, every single day you got asked about that your your illness becomes the majority of, you know, of the conversation. Sure. And when I sit with them, when any of my team sit with them, you can see their eyes started lighting up when mm. they talk about their garden or their family or their travel, you know, whatever that is, you know, that the thing that brings meaning and purpose in their life. Mm. And sometimes even with the marvels of modern medicine, people still pass away. Uh, It is part of life. And Northern Health actually has a memorial service for patients that have passed away and it gives an opportunity for family and friends to share those stories of life. How important is that? Oh, it was uh, incredibly important, Steve. Mm. It It was an amazing event. So just to see, and I said this because grief is invincible. And that's what I hear on the night, you know, that's what I see on the night. Just seeing uh, everyone being able to share the stories, to have their grief recognized because you can walk on the street, you don't know who is grieving, you know. And people, unless you've gone through it, you don't understand it. But unfortunately, there is not a lot of space where you can talk about grief because, yeah, grief is uncomfortable. Mm. And I love, like you said, you know, when you talk about stories, one of the highlights of the memorial service is in the story sharing. And it was just beautiful because, you know, when, when we have that space, uh, sometimes people think that, oh, you know, if you're grieving, you've got to be sad, you know, you've got to be <laughs> depressed. <laughs> you know? But it's not that. Grief can come in, in so many different ways. You know, there is also joy in grief. There is also laughter in grief. There is, you know, there's memories, you know, having memories. So grief 
is in so many different ways that can be expressed, but not just sadness, not mm. just, you know, but sometimes people feel guilty to be happy when they're grieving. Mm. And I see that. So having that memorial service, you know, just to see the room, you know, laugh together when they share the stories and to recognize, yeah, they recognize the, the story of the people. And also the other thing as well is the fact that they are able to come back to Northern Hospital is important. Mm. Mm. because it's a scary place. This is the last place that they, <laughs> they sure. saw their loved one died. Yeah. Yeah. And I said this to, to others as well, you know, imagine the impact uh, for if, if we can find healing for them to be able to come back to the hospital, then it's a big achievement. Mm. Because if, you, if someone's getting the, uh, to go to the hospital, what impact does that make into their health? So having mm. that healing as well, being able to, to come back here, to be able to advocate for them to look after their, their health as well and to have a great relationship with the hospital, you know, wherever they might be, is important. Mm, absolutely. What's your takeaway from that memorial service there, Steve, because you were there? Uh, the, the biggest takeaway was the importance of being able to have, like you said, that space to tell the story. That was really important because it, it humanises everybody. Mm. It, it suddenly makes them, like I said, more than just a you are number, Correct. more than just their illness. And I think that was that was really important. Um, yeah. And the other thing that came up in that as well is that so many of the um, family members that were there were also really appreciative of the work that had been done Correct. for their loved ones as well. And they were able to give back some positives about their experiences here as well. So I think that was really important. Mm, we don't often get compliment or we don't often hear the compliment. And when we were at the memorial service, so many of them are very grateful of the care that they receive at Northern Health. And if you were to ask them, you know, what that does that care look like, mm. I can guarantee you it is the little thing that we we offer to them, you know, yeah. just making that that time, making that space, you know, showing that you really care. Absolutely. We're visiting today with Natalia Diviani, Northern Health Spiritual Care Coordinator. If you'd like to find out more about the team and the services that they offer, head to the Northern Health website and search spiritual care. Compassion is is written all over you. Um, you, 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 you seem to have it in spades. Um, where do you think you know, that, that feeling of, you know, wanting to help out other people and, and your compassion comes from it. Yeah, I have to give credit to my dad. <laughs> yeah, my dad has been a great role model for me. And also my mum, you know, my mum and my dad, my parents has been has been amazing. But my dad is involved in so many social organisations, so I get to witness that growing up, how he just, you know, would help other people regardless and just... He has a, a big heart, mm, <laughs> you know, mm. and unfortunately he passed away in 2012. So that is his legacy that, that I carry with me. You know, he was involved in, you know, Red Cross, Rotary and, you know, <laughs> I don't know, many other organizations <laughs> that he's involved in just trying to close the gap, you know, trying to help um, to help each other, mm. yeah. Because mm. when my dad passed away, the funeral goes for like seven days um, and to see thousands of people coming in and paying respect to him and sharing the stories, beautiful stories that I haven't heard before about how he helped others, mm. just really make an impact to me. And yeah, I'm very grateful. So thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and Mom as well. Mom, mom taught me so much about patience and kindness and, you know, behind every mind, <laughs> there is always... <laughs> 
<laughs> Always. Always. It's so true. <laughs> what, what, what was that early life like for you, like um, when, when you were growing up and, we, you know, with your mum and dad? And I think life, uh, I was taught to always be grateful. So I had that early on and, you know, my sibling has been great as well. <laughs> I have four brothers. <laughs> we have a lot of fight when we were little, but we still get along. <laughs> They're so cute though. They would do like a tea party with me as well. <laughs> oh, that's good. They're good brothers then. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very lucky that growing up, um, we are very close. Like my family is very close and I'm grateful that that's... My dad, my mom and dad has taught me that family is important. The rest, it doesn't matter. So, but it's important to to have that strong relationship and support each other and mm. yeah, be there for each other. And what about your your journey to working here? How did you, how did you come to to work at at Northern Health? Definitely didn't plan it. <laughs> um, so I studied IT. I actually started uh, doing IT. I actually wanted to be a psychologist. Okay. That's my dad. I know that he, he meant well. He said that because back in Indonesia, I think psychology is still a taboo. Right. You know? So I ended up taking IT. But you didn't continue? Yeah, I think when my dad passed away in 2012, that really shook me because it was very quick. He came into the hospital with a rash and then nine days later, um, he died. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it really makes me question, you know, what do you re- what do you really want to do with your life? Because mm. life is short, you know, you, you just don't know. Mm. Um, so I changed career to do life coaching. Somehow that's the path and, you know, it's still working with people and I actually really enjoyed it because I get to see how people can change. And then after I did coaching... I unfortunately got cancer. So I was diagnosed with cancer in 2015. I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. It's a bone and soft tissue cancer. It's quite rare. And I had to go through 14 rounds of chemotherapy. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, I ended up in ICU twice. (laughs) Nearly didn't make it. And I had to stop my treatment early. And it was it was a tough decision for me because you know you don't know if you stop the treatment early whether the cancer is gonna come back or not. So, but I have to trust. <laughs> I have to trust that you know it is the best because my oncologist said to me, if we continue the treatment, you might end up in ICU for the third time wow. and you might not gonna come out. <laughs> mm, such a delicate balance. How are you now? Uh, I am all good. I am, you know, almost nine years in remission. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that hopefully it's for many, many more years to come. Yeah. And, and that, that positive attitude was sort of key, I think, as well for, for part of your recovery. Yeah. Too, like even during uh, some hugging that was happening as well. Is that, <laughs> is that what I'm, I'm hearing? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of hugging. So yeah, anyway, when, when I was uh, diagnosed, with cancer because I've gone through my own my own life struggles as well where I'm physically fine but I'm emotionally so broken. So when I went through cancer, I was already emotionally, mentally strong. Um, so <laughs> when my friend, because I, I make a promise to never want to go back there again because it was it was hard for me like going through that that phase in my life where I stopped smiling for two weeks and... So after I got through that, I know that I want to help others. I don't want to go back there again because I've, I was healed in a sense, and there is, uh, there is, 
I don't know if you call it a spiritual experience, <laughs> you know, but something that something that's that's that makes me spiritually, mentally, emotionally strong. Knowing that, you know, I think if people can experience that you are loved just the way you are, that you are enough, I think there's a lot of healing in that. So when I got diagnosed, uh, one of my friends said to me, Nat, it's okay if you're going to have days where you're not going to smile. And I said to her, no, <laughs> I'm going to smile every single day, even if it's just once, because I know what it look, what it feels like. <laughs> To, to not smile. And that silly promise to just have one smile a day has been my saviour. Because sometimes we focus on the negative of the world and that habit of, you know, not every day will be good, but there is always a smile in every day. Mm. There's always something good in every day. And... Um, and it was just so important to be able to focus on the blessings of life. And I remember when I was in ICU, <laughs> I was in so much pain. I feel like I don't know what I'm feeling. I feel like I, I know I'm probably not going to make it. The first time in ICU, you like got <laughs> strapped with so many tubes. And and even in that 23 hours and, you know, 59 minutes, you know, that one minute I was able to make a video <laughs> And that, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that started the ball rolling basically for the, the laughter with cancer. Yeah. Hosting Daily. every day. <laughs> because I make a promise to smile every single day and I want to keep that promise until I die. And I don't know how it would be like being 89, like still on the phone. <laughs> 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 I have to remember, I think today is day 3,160 probably, I have to check. But it's been, it's been so long, it's almost 10 years, but I still keep that habit and yeah. it's just such a saviour. And even though like, I do presentation as well, you know, I just remind them, you know, just, just remember to smile with me, even if it's just once. And, you know, I just, it brings me so much comfort whenever I do presentation and when I invite them to smile every single day, people put their hands up. I was like, yeah, you know, we, <laughs> that's my mission. I want to make this world a happier place. <laughs> what do you do outside of outside of work? Um, any hobbies? Uh, do you like um, extreme sports or... Um... Extreme hugging. <laughs> <laughs> With consent. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started another another project called Hacks for Change. That's the extreme. It's probably doing that experiment in 2015 to have myself uh, blindfolded, open arms, stood there in Federation Square in 2015 for 90 minutes and just, you know, wondering whether people will come and hug you or not. And I will, I will keep the number secret. If you can guess the number, <laughs> you will... Be rewarded with extreme hugging. <laughs> <laughs> with consent. <laughs> with consent. 
Yeah, so I see. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but the thing about hugs for change, it is always the little thing. And I think that's the thing that we need to remember is the little thing. You know, that, that little joke that someone said to me, that if you charge a dollar for every hugs, you will become a millionaire. And I go from that idea to start the hugs for change. And mm. we did raise the money for charity. Also, my first project was to help a, a school in Colombia for the slum children. Oh, wow. So we raised the money and helped renovate the school. I will, you know, I will start charity for Northern Health, don't worry. <laughs> I have already started. <laughs> now, we've chatted before. <laughs> you, love, you love a playground. Yes, I do. You, you do love a playground. And, and in fact, <laughs> your uh, photo reel on your phone is pretty much full of, uh, of different playgrounds and different uh, slides and stuff like that as well. Um, Where's the best playground or, or slide? I don't know if it's the best, best, but the one in Launceston, Tasmania, it was quite tall. <laughs> climbing in the dark and like, you can't really go down <laughs> from climbing, so we just have to go on the slides. But it's quite tall, so probably Launceston is uh, something that is memorable The, the best me. memory yeah. from, from yeah. a slide, yeah. yes. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Why, why, what's, what's your attraction to, to that? Like, yeah. is, it, is it just the, the fun... <laughs> I think people just forget, you know, as an adult, you you need to have fun. And sometimes we become either too serious or too busy. Mm. And I think serious is important in a certain places, but you also need to, to just nurture your inner child as well. Because we forgot, you know, the imagination, you know, when you were little, you know, you have so much imagination, you're more so uh, free and... I was to ask when I do a presentation, I ask, you know, how many of you wants to be happy? Everyone raises their hand, but how many of you actually make time to do the things that makes you happy? So that's an important question that we all need to ask every single day, you know. Unfortunately, obviously, stress, burnt out, um, makes us forget about the little things that it we is, need It is to the little do. things, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm just going to finish off with a couple of uh, easy questions. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> would you rather questions? So some of them are fairly easy and some of them might make you think a little bit um, mm. and some of them might not. Would you rather tea or coffee? Depends on the companion. <laughs> oh, well, hello. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that there. So, so it, it doesn't mean like that. No. What I meant is that it doesn't matter what I drink as long as the person uh, around me or next to me is those that brings me joy, then that's, you know, Absolutely. it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I that's... could drink sand for all, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Mountains or ocean, which would you prefer? Which would you Mountains. Rather? Mountains? Yeah. Uh, spicy food or an explosion of beige? Definitely spicy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a bottle of chili that I carry everywhere. Every All of my staff know I love chili. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> just pull it out for any occasion. <laughs> they said to me, like, that's not secret weapon. They just want chili if anyone attack <laughs> I think I know the answer to this one. Yes. <laughs> hugs or high fives? <laughs> Definitely hugs. hugs. High five with consent. <laughs> high five with consent. That's great. <laughs> hugs or high five with consent. I'll take either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be able to fly or time travel? Uh, that's funny, isn't it? You know, because when you think about, you know, flying, you can visit places, but time travel, you can spend time with those that you love, so time travel. Would you rather be told what you wanted to hear or what you needed to hear? What I needed to hear. Mm. 
well, I think what we've needed to hear today was your voice and your laughter. Uh, <laughs> you and the spiritual care team are doing a wonderful work of gentle encouragement leading to more holistic healing. And in spite of the trials and tribulations you've faced on a personal level, you've made the bold choice to smile and share joy. And while I don't know much about spicy food, I could <laughs> chat to you all day about swings and slides and playgrounds. But sadly, visiting ours are over. I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say, Steve, it is such an opportunity, such a blessing to be able to talk to you and thank you for the for holding the space for me oh, and know, know that we will always be here to hold the space for you as well. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. No, 